This is the Doctor, President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 98. 98. You sounded intrigued by that number. Yeah, so I just realised we are creeping ever so closely to the um, 100th, only a couple away. To the big one zero. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 98. 98. Yes. Hmm. Mm. I also like in our little workout in the theme, because we always have a little dance when the theme kicks in, uh, which obviously our listeners don't get to see, thank goodness, but uh, I like that little little five-second workout. It's our little jig. It's, from, it's the most yep. exercise I get in a week, I think. It's like our, it's like our jam. It's totally our jam. It's like our warm-up <laughs> to get ready, isn't it? It's like, right, you know, like some people do like the vocal things and it's like, you know, our little, little warm-up to get into the pod. Yeah, because normally we're like, you ready to do this or what? <laughs> yeah. And as soon as we hit record, it's like big Colgate smiles. Yeah, Let's do it. I jest, of course. Well, we always have a little chat before we kick off, but yeah, of it course. just gets yeah. the energy levels up. Yeah, it does. As soon as you hear that theme kicks in, the dance moves come out. You're just lucky you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, busting some moves. Maybe one day if we stick it out, maybe we'll stick that little intro bit on Periscope or something just for. <laughs> <laughs> just that first uh, bit of the intro see us dancing I can see us like trying to go really over the top doing that if we like knowing we're putting it out so doing a bit of break dancing a bit of the robot <laughs> being busted out big box little box the whole yeah. shebang yeah <laughs> hope you guys have had a fantastic week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related uh, I hope you've had a good week buddy but that's anything yeah I've had a good week um, I'd Went to the Phantom July signing last weekend oh, uh, of course, with Adam, yeah. the ultimate yeah. Whovian who listens. Hello, Adam. Um, we had an absolutely cracking day. Uh, it was brilliant. Peter Purvis was there. Um, Bonnie Langford was there. Annika Wills was there. Um, the guy who was the robot bus conductor from Great Show in the Galaxy was there. He was really nice, actually. You know, I joked about him last week because uh, I love that story. And I said, I might get the autograph. Um, and uh, But he was really cool. He chatted for ages. He's telling me how he was in time lash and he had all this porridge put on his face to be the blue android and stuff and i had a really good laugh of him actually oh, cool. so right. dean dean hollingsworth his name is uh, so we had an absolutely cracking day there and um yeah i vlogged it so i've been editing the video of it uh, i wasn't going to it's one of those things when on the train journey all the way there i was thinking i've never vlogged one of their events and they're always good fun should i should i do it this time or should i wait and do tom and so uh, yeah I'd, as soon as i met with adam we were chatting and laughing i thought right i'm gonna i'm gonna get this get some video footage here mm-hmm. so yeah you'll be able to see a bit of that when i when i get around to getting it out there which will be soon actually because i've already nearly finished it so yeah we had a cracking day i have to say bonnie langford um adam really really likes bonnie uh langford right. and he's never met her before and you know what even if you're not the biggest fan of Mel, the companion. Um, Bonnie is just one of the nicest people to meet. She's really chatty. Um, she was just happy to pose for loads of pictures and stuff. So, yeah, I think Adam was very, very pleased. And I was pleased as well. So it was a good day. She's always very, she seems very bubbly and happy a lot. 
Yeah, she, oh, she was. Yep. Yeah, she's yeah. in a good mood. I think didn't she pick up an award recently? Like Did best, she? best newcomer or something like that for EastEnders. Is that for EastEnders? I think so, mate. Yeah. She does a she does a pretty good cockney, doesn't she? A she cockney. does a pretty good cockney accent. I've because uh, I don't watch EastEnders, but I do occasionally when I'm flicking through the channels, I do sort of catch a bit of her in it. Um, and I, yeah, I've noticed the accent. It's, it's not bad. She does it well. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. So that was a good yeah, it was a good day. Um, uh, spent a little bit of dosh. Uh, got a few water grass. Um, I was glad to meet Peter Purvis as well because I met him at the 50th celebrations couple of years back and he was really really nice and i got a picture with him but for some reason didn't ask him for an autograph he was one of the ones that was happy to sign and post for pictures unlike some <coughs> lala ward but um <coughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah so um i was sort of thinking oh i'll, I'll get his autograph this time because it seems weird that i've met him and not got it hmm. um, and he was very chatty and friendly as well so a very good event oh sounds good yeah, yes, so that's uh, been my thing. I haven't done much else this week. I was hoping to... I still haven't got around to listening to the final part of the um, Master Trilogy from Big God's Finish. For God's sake, why not? I know, I know. I've just, I, to be honest with you, it's mainly because I've been editing that blimmin' video. It's taking up so much of my time. But um, but yeah, that's on my radar. I need to get that listened to because uh, yep. otherwise I'll have forgotten. I'm thinking if I don't listen to it soon, I'll have forgotten what happened in the first two and I'll, it'll just be... It won't make sense, but... Um, yeah, so I got that on the radar. But apart from that, mate, not much else going on this week with me. What about you? Uh, me, not too much. A standard, ordinary week, really. Um, not too. Oh, I have watched a couple of Tenant episodes. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Um, um, I had them um, when I got my new Sky stuff all set up a few weeks ago. Um, the first thing I did was have a search through for any Doctor Who, um, and uh, the the channel that used to be called Watch, which is now just W. Oh yeah, they had um they were doing a a tenant run followed by some Matt Smith stuff, and I recorded like the tail end of I think it's um series three. So I watched uh, Stolen Earth, oh. um and Journey's End. Is it Journey's End? Journey's End, yeah. yeah. And I haven't seen that one in a, quite a while. That's Davros, isn't it? That's the one with Davros. Davros yeah, mm, and I name you. Yeah, yes, and. Before I go on and talk any more about it, have we reviewed that one? No, we haven't. Right, I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> just, I just, okay. just wanted to check that before I let a load of uh, cats out of the um, yeah. metaphorical bag. So, yes, it was interesting watching that one because it, for some reason I just don't gravitate towards that two-parter a lot. Mm. Um, but when we come around to reviewing it, I'm sure we'll have lots to say. So, yeah, uh, watch those off the old Skybox. Um, also... You spoke about Big Finish. I almost forgot. Last month, I forgot to order the the new story that's coming out this month, which looks brilliant, which is the Classic doc, classic Doctor's New Monsters. Yeah, yep. So I ordered that the other day because I'm terrible for not ordering stuff off Big Finish. I'll put it in my calendar. So, right, payday, order this stuff from Big Finish. The calendar and notifications will come up. I'll dismiss them, carry on working. <laughs> yeah. And then... <laughs> You know, everyone else is talking about that story. And I'm like, damn it. Uh, and then I've lost out on the pre-order price because it jumps up normally. That's right. And you have to pay postage as well. And yeah, it's a exactly. really good pre-order price, isn't it? It's like £20. And it's is it four disc or five? Four. It's at least four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a good price at the minute. Yeah, so I think it's uh, Davison, Baker, McCoy and McGann. Mm. It looks very good. I saw some screenshots and some people were putting some... Uh, tweets out i think day before yesterday of the first couple of volumes they look really good 
Yeah, funny enough, I'd, <laughs> I think probably we saw the same post because something jogged my memory. Um, about three or four days back, I suddenly thought, I think I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, same as you. I must order that before Ju- before July because yep. uh, I need to get it for the pre-order price. And I did the same. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I know most people are waiting to see how they manage to do the Weeping Angels on audio, uh, which is going to be interesting, isn't it? I'm not quite sure how they're going to do that, but it, um, I'm looking forward to to hearing. I was going to say seeing. I was going <laughs> to looking forward to hearing Sylvester McCoy with the Sycorax, the Seventh Doctor and Sycorax. That good. sounds sounds really good. Yep. Yeah, because the um the David Tennant, the Christmas special with the Sycorax was really funny, wasn't it? Where I like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. when the Sycorax are like shouting at David Tennant and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they're a bit of a, um, they came under a bit of stick, those guys, the Sycorax. Um, so I'm hope, I'm hoping that this, like the big finish can, can make them a bit more threatening because they didn't really do much really. They looked really good. They didn't looked they? great. They yeah. looked really menacing. Uh, yeah. Really good makeup and stuff on them. Um, but I suppose that yeah, they didn't really do an awful lot. Got a cracking whip, but uh, that's about it. That's it? about it. So hopefully, mm. well, I so say hopefully. Looking forward to big finish, making them sound very interesting, a lot more threatening on audio. Yeah, which would be good. So it's it's out to order still for twenty quid, and um, because the the release date is still, it just says July. It hasn't got a specific date yet. Yeah. So you can still go on there and get it for 20 quid. I reckon it's going to be a cracking box set, that one. I think for 20 quid, you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. four classic Doctors, all of them superb on, on Big Finish. That's true, yeah. And it's going to be a bit of a mix-up with these new stuff. So we've got McGann with the Santarans. We've got McCoy with the Sycorax. We've got Colin Baker with the Jadoon and mm. Peter Davison with the Weeping Angels. So That is going to be so interesting, mm. yeah. So ordered that, and otherwise not much else. I've been working on some new stuff for us on our um, website and some other bits and pieces, which we will reveal um, hopefully shortly. And uh, some uh, some classic. I started the um, you know the wallpaper set that we did months and months ago. Mm. Um, a few weeks ago, I started the all the classic doctors, the versions for all the classic stuff. Oh, so I've right. been doing a bit more of that. So hopefully. I'll get them done pretty soon, so you'll be able to download them. Oh, excellent! And stick them on yeah. whatever device or whatever you want. <laughs> so, yes, a bit light on Doctor Who this week. I haven't bought anything. I haven't. You, know, you found a nice nuts. place for your your um, Robert Harrop Sea Devil. I have. He's right here. Ah, he's right on my desk. He's guard. He's guarding my uh, my monitor as we speak. I love the picture you put of him on uh, Instagram. Yes. Yeah, very nice. Oh, and I've just knocked him over. No, I didn't. I knocked something else over. There we go. Whatever you do, don't. I was going to say, whatever you do, don't drop him. Like, uh, I moved my Matt Smith <laughs> figurine the other day that's made of resin or whatever it is and managed to knock his hair off and had to glue it back oh, on. Oh, no. Yeah. Did, didn't you, you know, uh, demolish a Dalek at some point? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so clumsy, mate. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm forever. It's just stuff is just piling up. And um, yeah, I just managed to knock his wig off <laughs> that's right it's glued back on you can only tell if you look at it closely <laughs> but yeah i am a bit clumsy the dalek is still in a state of unrepair actually I've, I've got two of them i'm trying to make one good one out of two and every time i go to do it I'm like another dalek bauble falls off or I'm like, oh, oh, no. God. i just yeah I've, oh, yeah oh well oh well maybe the, it's the, um you got like a toy story thing going on so at night when you've gone to bed 
you've got that thing where all the toys come out and try and repair each other. Oh, that <laughs> like would be great. Toy Story 2, <laughs> when there's like little cannibals of like different parts of different toys. But yeah. you wake up, it's like, I don't remember putting that on you. I don't remember the Dalek having Matt Smith's hair on it. That's yeah, what's strange. going on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right, talking of like um, merchandise and stuff, shall we land a TARDIS do some news and merch? Yes, let's do it. Fresh air. Yes. Get those TARDIS doors open, some fresh air. <laughs> First up, Mr. Capaldi is up for another award. Another award, yeah, he's got a, he's on a another nomination. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one's not quite as, um, what's the word, upmarket and classy as an Emmy or, mm. or, or any of those. Uh, still cool, though. TV Choice Awards. Ah. The TV Choice Awards, Adam. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mr. Capaldi has been nominated under the Best Actor category. All right, well, that's good. Which is good. Very mm-hmm. much deserved. Uh, he's up against Tom Hiddleston. Oh, he's a bit of a man at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. He keeps batting away those James Bond rumours. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, Cillian Murphy from Peaky Blinders. And Jim Carter <laughs> from that flipping programme, Downton Abbey. Again. Danton Abbey. I'm sure that program. Who's Jim Carter? Is he the butler guy? I don't know. I don't, I don't watch it, mate. I don't know. No, nor do I. <laughs> um, so yes, he's up against those guys. It's, I would probably say it's Tom Hiddleston and Cillian Murphy or Killian Murphy. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I don't know who that is. I know who Tom Hiddleston is, but who's who's Cillian? He's Cillian Murphy. He's been a few things. Do you, he, would I know his face? He played Doctor Crane, Stroke, Scarecrow in Batman Begins. Uh, he was also in 28 Days Later. He was also in, yeah, a couple of things. Okay. No, don't know. I'm going, if I was going to put my money, I mean, obviously we want Peter Capaldi to win, but of course. who's yeah. voting for this? Is it is it a panel or is it TV viewers? Uh, no, viewers. It's viewers. It viewers. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you go over to the TV Choice website, um, but you have to do it um, by the end of today. So if you're listening to this on the day that we release this, which will be the 8th of July, You've got until the end of today to vote. Ah, right, okay. So the votes don't stay open very long on this one. So if you want Capaldi in there for Best Actor, you need to go over to the TV Choice Awards website. Um, We'll stick a link in the show notes for you. Otherwise, if you just go to tvchoicemagazine.co.uk forward slash awards, you can kick off your votes there. Yeah, and let's yes. let's let's support him because there's going to be loads. Let's face it, there's going to be loads of people voting for Tom Hiddleston, isn't there? Yes, he's a, yeah, he's very much in the in the spotlight at the moment. So yeah, that's where his role in the Night Manager, which I didn't see, but apparently was quite popular. So yeah, I watched it. Yeah, and it was um, yeah, it was a bit of a slow burner, but it, it was good actually. Yeah, okay, yeah. Obviously, I'm supporting Capaldi, but yeah, it was good. Possibly. Yeah, right. In other news, uh, guess who's a very happy chap? Mr. Stephen Moffat. That's who. The mothball. It, it, the mothball. He's a. He wouldn't think so by the picture they've used on the website, but he's a very happy chap. He's just received an honorary doctorate. doctorate. That's right, isn't it? Honorary yeah. doctorate uh, from the University of the West of Scotland. So it's pretty much from his hometown, isn't it? From yes. what I understand. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. And now I was talking to Gary about this before we 
before we kicked off because I I wasn't quite I'll be honest with you I wasn't 100% sure what that means like what a doctor it was but basically he is now he can use the title doctor can't he he can indeed he's yes. Dr. Stephen Moffat if he so chooses yeah yeah but he's not going to be performing any surgeries or <laughs> or brain transplants is he unless they're on scripts or ah true yeah yeah it's pretty cool it's um one of those things where yeah like we were talking about before you can get a doctorate in so many things but we, we just didn't you know normally you just associate doctors with medical and all that stuff but you can get a doctor in loads of different things so this is very this is great for his career and um i would say that it's like a bit of a double Brucey bonus for him because he he goes up a notch, you know, with his because he's won quite a few things over the years, hasn't he? Not just for Doctor Who, yeah. but you know, yeah, uh, Sherlock and some other bits and pieces. So have this, and also from where it's you know the university as well from West Scotland. It's it must be a nice feeling for him to sort of go home, so to speak, quote unquote, and get that. So. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a quote from yep. him. He says, it's always a joy to go home, uh, but to go back to Paisley to receive a doctorate feels like I finally made it. Uh, feel very honoured and, more importantly, very happy, says Stephen Moffat. So, yeah, he's a happy chap, but he's not alone. He's he's not the only person uh, to have received a doctorate <laughs> because guess who else has just got one? Tell me. David Tennant. Mr. Tennant. Wow. David Tennant. He's been... A, he's been um, he's received an honorary doctorate for drama. So I should have said, I suppose Stephen Moffat, I assume, received one for writing, was it? Doctorate for writing? Uh, yes, he got one um, for, yes, it was for writing. So, okay, for yep. his like contributions and all that. Yep. So David Tennant has received one for drama from the Royal Conservatory something of Scotland. <laughs> Can you say it? The uh, Royal Conservatory. Uh, Conservatoire. That's the one. Conservatory, yeah. 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 So he's also a very, very happy chap. There's a little video of him knocking about of you know, he seems very, very um humbled. Very uh Well yeah, he does say that. He says, I'm honoured and rather humbled to be here. It's all quite overwhelming, but lovely to be back. Uh it invokes uh, some very vivid memories. It was a very time very important time for me. I don't think I would have survived my time here. Um without my time here. For me, it was essential. Three years of getting to practice in a safe environment. I was young, green, and I did a lot of growing up here and learned an enormous amount. Um, they were very formative years, and I look back very fondly. So again, this was David Tennant going back to, you know, where he studied drama many years ago in Glasgow. And it's all great stuff. It's really good. Um, I've, it's good for the moth because in pre in a couple the last couple of weeks he's been very not down in the dumps, but He's been quite melancholy, reflective. Yeah, yeah, reflective with his views on certain things. Doctor Who, he's, um, wasn't one of the things he said that Series Seven. He wasn't very fond of, you know, that time and how that came about, the storylines and so on. So it's good that this has sort of lifted him up. And the same, David Tennant has been down in the dumps, but it must be a great experience for him to, because in a very sort of paradoxical way, he can now call himself the Doctor. Yeah. If he so chooses, that's, that must be like... Well, uh, it's nice to be honoured by your hometown as well, isn't it? I think that's the thing that's quite important to him. It's actually like, you know, there's, there's a sense of achievement there, isn't there? I think, getting yes. it from, from where you come from. So, yeah, well um, done to David Tennant and Stephen Moffat. The doctors. The, the doctors. two doctors. Yes. Doctorates. Yeah. <laughs> the doctorates, yes. As a TV show right there, the doctorates. Yes. Yeah. Right, pesky Daleks, let's get them in. Bring them in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Hello. Hello. We're going to talk about Lethbridge Stewart. Lethbridge Stewart, yep. Those awesome series of books um, that were kicked off by Mr. Andy, Frank mm. and Madam, uh, by Candy Jar Books. Uh, the next one is going to be quite special, I think. I would say. Yeah. Because we have a long time uh, Doctor Who author coming back mm. uh, to do this one. Mr. John Peel is yes. going to write the next one, which is called The Grandfather Infestation. Great title for a start. <laughs> I was just yeah. about to say, how awesome is that title? Uh, so we've spoken about the Lethbridge Stewart books many, many times mm. over the past, what, 10 months, a year, whatever it is. And they just seem to be going from strength to strength. Um, and there's no sign of... I don't know how many books they have planned for the series, but mm. it just seems to be like a like the train's getting ever longer, you know, and the, the tracks don't seem to be stopping. Which is yes, great. They're definitely on a roll. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And when you have somebody like John Peel coming back in, you know, to to write a Doctor Who story, because um, they have, I think they've had um, uh, one or at least one or a couple of these books have got the audio book treatment, haven't they? Yeah, two so far, and I think they're doing some more. Yeah, that's correct. So they've, you know, it really seems to be blossoming into this, you know, really big, um, yeah, sort of bubble you know, for Lethbridge Stewart and his character and all the surrounding characters. And it really gives a great opportunity to explore all of those little nooks and crannies in the Doctor Who universe, you know, around Lethbridge Stewart that we, we haven't seen in any of the TV shows or probably not in any of the big finish either. So this yeah. is like a real nice area to be in, you know, around that character. and But, st you know, stay within the Doctor Who universe, which is good. So John Peel is going to write The Grandfather Infestation. This is out in... Uh, you can pre-order it now. Um, I'm not sure when this is out. It's later on in the year, isn't it? Um, but yes, John Peel has written um, lots of Doctor Who fiction. Um, he was personally picked by um, Terry Nation uh, to write some of the early Dalek stories. Yeah, uh, he wrote the twelve-part story, the Daleks' master plan. Um, he also contributed to Mister Troughton's debut story, Power of the Daleks. Um, and he was also um, he was chosen to uh, write and launch the very first uh, Doctor Who prose novel, um, uh, Time Rim uh, Genesis, uh, in the early nineties. So he's got a lot of experience. Really knows Doctor Who inside out. He's got a really good. Um, uh, sort of classic who, you know, head on his shoulders. And I think this will be a great addition to the to Lethbridge Stewart uh, run of books. Indeed. And once again, another cracking cover. Brilliant. Where are they finding these guys to do the covers? I don't know. They're I so love good. it though. Yeah. Yes, so good. And it is, when is it out? It, it's You can pre-order it now. Well, I think um, it might be out quite soon, but I think, yeah, they don't actually get a bit like um, Big Finish. They don't give you exact dates, but I think it's... Um, I think it might be this month or maybe next. It's quite soon, I think. Okay, right. Yeah. So, again, we'll stick a link to it. But if you want to order this to go along with your other uh, Lethbridge Stewart books, it's over on the Candy Jar site. You, you won't be able to miss it over there. So, looking forward to this one, mate. It's going to be a good one. It is, yeah. I, funnily enough, when I, I nipped to Forbidden Planet after um, after the Phantom event, actually looking for, well, just, just to have a look around. I was hoping they might have um, 
some of these, but uh, they last time I went in, they did, but I'd got all the ones they got, so I was hoping they might have some new ones, and uh, they didn't have any, so I reckon they're just on the brink of coming out, I think. Okay. Yeah, so we're picking that up. Okay, um, those of you who like the Titan 3-inch blind bags, like me, uh, there's a new wave just been announced. Now, we weren't very impressed with the last wave, were we, Gary? The, <laughs> Not really. I think that the ones that are due out in August, um, I forget what they're called now. It's a Matt Smith range, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we weren't over overblown with those ones. But this range that's just been announced this week, uh, Heaven Sent and Hell Bent Collection, I personally think look a lot better. I was I'm a bit more excited about these because I, I do like these. You're, you're not really into them, are you, that much? But um, I've got a few of them. you got a couple. Yeah. But this set does look pretty good, I must admit. Yeah, there's a couple. Let's not, I mean, let's not go mad. There's a couple of, um, <laughs> there's a that, couple of calm duds. Calm down. Yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, as always. Um, uh, out of this set, though, so, I mean, there's, there's a couple of 12 Doctor variants. There's a Clara. There's a Missy. There's another River because we can't get enough river. I mean, she's in the last batch. So there's another river figure. There's Santa Claus. <laughs> the Nick <laughs> Frost. Thing. Nick Frost, yeah. yeah. Um, there's the Fisher King. Now, I do like the look of him, mm-hmm. got to say. Colony Sarf. Colony he looks Sarf. okay. Davros. Um, I've got a Davros from another set, and he looks exactly the same. So I'm hoping they've done something different. And the one, I do love this. They've got the Clara graffitied TARDIS, you know, the one that uh, old Riggsy Riggsy did, did yeah. the paint job on the yeah. TARDIS. And they do a variant of that, which I actually would really like to get. So um, there's an Osgood. She's okay. There's an the Shilder. Meh. Not yeah. fast about that one. Nor am I. Um, to be honest with you, yeah, this is. There's about half of these I really like, and there's about half of them that I'm really not bothered about at all. But the ones I am bothered about, I quite like. Yeah, Fisher King and Tardis, uh, Osgood possibly. Twelfth Doctor in the Sonic Shades. Mm. I do hate the Sonic Shades, mm. but yeah, I wouldn't mind the figure. Yeah. yeah, and Santa Claus. Bizarrely, I would quite like to get as well. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it for me. Anything on there grabbing your attention that you might like to grab? Yes, I would like Osgood because I've yeah, got a Osgood bit of a crush good. on Osgood. Mm. So I'd like her. I'd like the uh, the Tardis. Tardis, yeah, looks very good. And not sure about Davros. If it's different to the other waves, then possibly. Yeah. If it's just the same, then maybe not. Um, and uh, Colony Sarf. Colony Sarf, yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah, the Fisher King, he looks good, but yeah. Very underused character in the actual episode, so not really fast. Very, but very underused, yeah. The rest of them can stay in the blind bags for me. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. If you're any if you have luck like me, you'll probably end up getting all the ones you don't want and none of the ones you do. Um I'm just looking to see <laughs> when are these actually out? Because the, the wave we weren't that impressed with is out in August. And this wave I don't think is actually out till the beginning of next year. I don't think. So they've just announced it. Why do they announce them so far ahead? Yeah, it's a mystery, isn't it? Yeah, this is not. they're not out to 2017, so no. bit of a wait. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully what will happen is you won't get, you won't buy four or five of them, the ones that you don't want, and then you'll be like, right, the ones that I don't want, I've got, so now let's move on to the good ones, and then you start getting duplicates of the ones uh, that you don't that's want. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Damn you, Titan. Yes. Damn you to hell. <laughs> why can't you just do see-through bags just go on ebay and buy the ones you want that sort of defeats the the point of a blind bag doesn't it I, really i normally buy a couple <laughs> i normally buy like quite a few and then yeah as soon as i start getting duplicates and wasting money then i then go on to go on to um 
eBay and just get them. But I normally, I like the excitement of getting the blind bag to begin with. I'll tell you what I'm loving, because obviously you don't like the Jurassics. I love the fact that the first person to comment on this page is called the Angry Jurassic. <laughs> is his username. Like that. It's not you, is it? I'm not an angry Jurassic. Yeah, you are. How can I be an angry Drashig? They look like they've got stupid flipping grins on their faces the whole time. <laughs> got big teeth, yeah. So there we are. New Titan Collection, Heaven Sent, Hellbent, out next year. Drashigs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't want to mess with them Drashigs. Don't mess not with them. Not the mighty Drashigs. <laughs> right, last up for merch. This is cool. Yes, this is cool. Yes. Rubber toe. Knocking it out of the park again. Mm. This is very nice, yeah. We like Rubber Toe, don't we? I love Rubber Toe. Yeah, yep. love their stuff. They've released, um, well, they're going, yeah, they've released now to order a mini Pandorica. Mm. For those of you who like the Pandorica from Matt Smith's um, two-parter opener, what was it, the Pandorica opens and the other, uh, the other the one. The other one. Is it the Big Bang or is that a different one? Is it the Big, uh, the, the no. other one, you know, the other one. <laughs> the yeah. one with all the monsters in. Yeah. Uh, but the, the Pandorica looks very, very cool it in does. the actual episode. It's I, I love the design, like the the whole circular thing, pattern, and the whole big cube. There's a thing about cubes in, doc, in modern Doctor Who, isn't there? There is, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, and Rubberto have played up to this a little bit, which I find mm. is quite clever because the, um, the Siege mode TARDIS that they released um, a year or so ago, this is exactly the same size as that. Yes. So it ties in nicely. So if you get get them all on the shelf, they all match up, if you like, because they're all the same size. And it's very. it looks quite similar to the Siege Mode TARDIS, with the exception of, obviously, you know, the design is the Pandorica on the outside. But they've used this, um, like, glow-in-the-dark paint for the circular thingy. Yeah, circular thing, and there's two, um, there's two different types of paint as well. So they're like glow in the dark. It's like a vinyl. It's like a special glow in the dark vinyl paint, and it glows a different color depending on if it's daylight or nighttime, mm. which is which is, sounds really good. So it does in very, um, in very sort of low light situations. So you know, nighttime and all that stuff, it will glow green, which it does in the actual episode. Um, and they've also used um, this special blue gel over the top. So during the day, it will glow blue. That's such a cool little idea. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. So, like it's, it. so if you guys have seen the Siege Motardis that they released, it's exactly the same. I'm assuming they've used the same mold and so on. Uh, but they also um, have made it the same size as the Power of Three. You know, just the... Oh, the black cube. Yeah, it's got nothing on it. It's just, you know... A glossy, nice-looking black cube. Yeah, it's the same. So all these three things are exact from the same mold. So if you've got one or two of them already, this might be the next sort of logical step in the collection. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they'll look great together, won't they? Because you've got the Siege Motardis, which which looks really good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. The, yeah, if you could afford to have the three of these on your shelf, I think they would look great. I love the fact they've just gone into to put that nice little idea of the glow in the dark. It's a really nice little touch. Um, price isn't too bad actually. I mean, mm. obviously you do have to add a bit onto this, but the, the price of it's fifty four ninety five. Um, and then you have to add on shipping and VAT, so it'll probably work out. Uh, so it's five sixty. So it's going to work out about. 70 around about 70 pounds by the time you get to check out 
Um, but it does look like a really nice little piece that, yeah, I'd, I'm quite tempted with it. It does Although, look good. Yeah. 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 And um, as you guys would know from all the other times that we've spoken about the the props that Rubberto put out, they're extremely high quality. Mm. Very, very good. Even something, I don't want to say simple because it's not, even something as, and I don't want to say basic either, but something like the, the neural block that you picked up recently. Yeah. From Hell Ben. Even something, it seems like a bit of a an oversimplification to say it's a simple piece because it's still very intricately designed and the detail's great. Um, but even something like that just looks fantastic, doesn't it? It's really nice. I was going to say, yeah, I got I picked up the neural block from there. They had a sale, um, so it was a bit reduced. Um, and I have to say, one thing I love about Rabbit, I've ordered two things from them now, the confession dial and the neural block. Um, both of those were sent out really, really quick. They arrived in like two or three days after ordering, so I'm very impressed with their service for a start. Um, and yeah, the, the products are really good. They're, they're all sort of individually made, but very lovingly made. So, you know, they've obviously taken time over it. And um, yeah, they're nice things to have. They Obviously, they are a little bit pricey, some of them, you know, but uh, but there's a lot of work goes into them. So yeah, very yeah. nice little things to get. Very good. Yeah. And if you will... In our show notes, we always stick links off to if we do merch and stuff. It's really worth checking out the photos on their website so you can mm. see what the glow-in-the-dark green and the blue looks like. They look so good. Mm. Very, very cool. So Yeah. Yes. Very nice. That's going to do for news and merch. Yes. Adam, my good fellow. <laughs> Adam, my good fellow. Hello. <laughs> pip, pip, what, what? please tell us what are we reviewing this week well if that music cue wasn't enough for you i'll tell you it is mordrin undead we haven't much longer i need to know that i have your assent to our arrangement you'll find me the most accommodating of partners murder I'm not sure I could go that far. You will be destroying one of the most evil creatures in the universe. He calls himself the Doctor. Why can't you destroy him? You have the powers. I may not be seen to act in this. I must not be involved. I need time to think. There is no time. Yes or no. Don't send me back to Earth, please. Yes or no. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're going back to the Fifth Doctor's era for Mordrin Undead. Now, the Black Guardian trilogy. Yeah. It's very kind of loosey. Loosey goosey. Mm. Loosey yeah, goosey. Yeah, we didn't have to worry too much about, you know, um, whether we could review this and not the others. Yes. In other words, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of standalone, but he. The old Black Guardian does pop up now and again, but it's he does. yeah, yes. yeah. But it's quite a loose trilogy, yeah. Yeah, and if you wanted to uh, pick up this particular episode on DVD, you have to get it at the. I'm not sure if they do it as a standalone. I couldn't find it anywhere as a standalone. No, I don't think so. Because I remember when I picked this up, probably, I don't know, quite a while ago now. I remember just seeing it as a box set. It's called the Black Guardian trilogy. Yeah. You right. might get it in somewhere like CEX, you know, where someone's just taking yes. it in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, it's worth picking up the box set because it normally goes for about a tenner. Yeah. Which is good. So you can get 
three very good. Well, we're not we haven't reviewed the other two yet. So you can get three decent Davison episodes in one box set for a good price. Which mm. is good. So let's not we're not in this review, I don't think we should dive too much into the Black Guardian stuff too much because no. it sort of loosely ties these three episodes together, but it's absolutely something not like the Bad Wolf story arc or you know, any of that stuff that can, you know, that sort of glues uh, a series or a series of episodes together. So don't worry about the Black Guard. We'll talk a little bit about him, but, you know, we're not going to focus on that too much. So Mordrin Undead came out back in 1983. In February, no less. Uh, it's a four-parter with the standard 24, 25 minutes long, whatever. If you want to include the intro and outro and stuff. Yeah. About 20 minutes. Um, and this was written by Peter Grimwade. Peter Grimwade, yeah. Yeah. Directed by Peter Moffat. And this was obviously during the time when Eric Sayward was overseeing all the scripts and so on. Mm. And uh, Peter Greenway, he's normally a director, isn't he? Or he sort of did a bit of bit of writing and a bit of directing, I think. Uh, yeah, his name rings a bell. What else did yeah. he do for who? Well, he's the one I always get confused about. Do you remember I said before? I could never remember which one used to sort of which director used to sort of rub them up the wrong way and oh, that's stuff right. like that. He used yep. to sort of yeah. And I always get confused, but I think he's might have been him. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he directed Earthshock. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. So yeah, you're right. He's done a he's done a bit of both. Multitask. Multitask. Yeah. <laughs> Off the bat, dude. Tell me, what do you reckon? Mordrin. Uh, Mordrin, um, I quite enjoy this one, actually. Um, I do find, I've seen it quite a few times, I do find it a little confusing, even now, even re-watching it the <laughs> other day, um, which is surprising, because I've seen it quite a few times. But I've, yeah, I do do quite like this one. It, there's a lot of nostalgia for me with this story, though, because I just really, really clearly remember loving it as a kid i found it really really interesting um so the i think a lot of my enjoyment does come down to nostalgia uh but i yeah i don't know having watched it the other day that there, there are bits that are not as good as i remember you know sometimes when you love something as a kid and when you watch it <laughs> all these years <laughs> later they don't always they're not always as good as you remember mm. um and i think perhaps the first two episodes are as good as i remember and the second two the sort of final two parts are not as good as I remember. So, yeah, I still really like it, though. Still really enjoyed watching this, but it wasn't as good as I remembered it being somehow. Right. I think there's a few few issues with it that uh, perhaps I totally overlooked when I was, I don't know, a teenager watching this going out, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What so, about you, mate? What do you think of it? Yeah, I, overall, um, I, I really enjoyed watching it again. Yeah? Yeah, I did really enjoy watching it again. The only... Um, it, it's very timey-wimey. It's very, yeah, Stephen Moffat would love it. He'd be it's all, very it, timey-wimey. It feels like a Stephen Moffat story. Yeah. Because it's very back and forward, all over the place, people in dual time zones and, and all this stuff. It's very timey. You do have to, although it's a relatively easy watch in some places, you do still have to sort of have your brain switched on. Oh, yeah, I think if you were you a know. casual viewer just tuning in, like if you you know if you would got friends pop over and you're watching Doctor Who and you're watching this they'd be like oh Doctor Who oh I used to watch this it's not one for the casual viewer is it it's very you have to really watch it to follow what's going on you can't just sort of check your phone or Instagram and and then come back to it because it's quite easy to lose track I think it is and it's I'll be honest with you I when I was I literally watched episodes three and four this morning 
not long before we started recording. And I had my laptop out and I was making a few notes. And I, there was at least once or twice where I had to rewind. Only for like yeah. 10, 15 seconds because I thought, hold on. What, I can't remember what happened there. What was it? So I have to sort of go back. So there, there are a few spots within each of the four episodes, really, where you have to, you don't have to, but, you know, you, you can't sort of switch off and have your phone out at some times and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but overall, I really liked it. I, I, I really enjoy uh, some of the characters in this, um, notably our TARDIS team, mm. which is pretty good. Um, obviously, the Brig. Yes. The Brig is back. Um and yeah, I'm not too sure on on Mordrin and some of those guys, but um, overall, I really I, I did really enjoy watching it again. It's not one of those Davis and stories where I'm like, nah, can't stand that one. Mm. You know, I guess say, yeah, even though it's quite confusing, I I always quite happily sit and watch this story. Mm. Yeah, that is one thing I would say about it. It's um, it may not be the best. It's probably not one of my. F- all-time favourites, but yeah, it's one I will always quite happily sit and watch, and there's lots of stuff in there I really, really like, yeah. Yes, Yes, I think, uh, yes, well, let's get into some detail, but the plot for this story is, it's our introduction to Turlow. Yes, So this is Mark Strickson, yeah. Mark Strickson, yeah, so this is his first episode on Who, this Mm. is how we discover why he's on Earth, that we get, you know, that, and how we how he ends up in in the doctor's world basically yeah so turlow is he, he's he's basically he's 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 an alien and you know he's stuck on earth um and he's i imagine because of his perceived age and so on he he's in a, a boarding school isn't he mm. a boy's boarding school but he's obviously superior in terms of in, intellect and stuff so he's bored so the only way to sort of stave off boredom is he just causes trouble and he just doesn't give a crap about, you know, the teachers and schoolwork and, and all that stuff. But they, they do recognise that he's very intelligent and so on. So they're quite frustrated that he doesn't apply himself. But they obviously don't know why <laughs> he's like that. So he ends up um he ends up cra- he ends up in an accident, doesn't he? He ends up crashing the brigadier's car. He takes yeah. the Briggs car for a joyride. While he's unconscious from the crash, he gets approached by the Black Guardian. Mm. So the Black Guardian is, not to give too much away, is pretty miffed at the Doctor at this point. Because in a previous story, if we rewind back to the Tom Baker years, in a previous story, the Doctor stopped the Black Guardian from getting the key to time. Mm. So he's not happy with the Doctor. So he's, I assume, since then, he's just been seething and, you know, waiting to get his revenge on the Doctor. So he sort of brainwashes Turlow a bit and wants him to destroy the Doctor. Yeah. That's how Turlow, you know, ends up in the TARDIS, around the Doctor, and we go on from there. So that's Turlow's story. That's how we get to see Turlow. Mm. And along with that, we have the TARDIS team, so the Doctor, Tegan, and Nyssa. They are, they come across a... Um, uh, an alien ship, don't they? Which yeah, I was going to say Mary Celeste. That's wrong, isn't it? It's not Mary Celeste, but it's like a a floating ship of. I was gonna, well, they're not dead. That's the thing is that they want to die, but they're actually stuck in yeah. eternity, and they can't die, isn't it? It's actually the opposite, which is really interesting. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. the the ship looks like a cruise ship, doesn't it? I think mm. Tegan doesn't she say it's like 
originally it, she she calls it another ship, but then when she realised that it, there's like a nobody on board and it's a ghost ship, she calls it the Mary Celeste. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the ship is, uh, it it's um, it's being inhabited by these aliens who, what are these aliens called? Well, I'm not sure what they're called, but they're trying. They basically they've tried to discover the the sort of secret of the time lords, aren't haven't they? So yeah. they've sort of tried to work out to to um, to regenerate and, and live forever, and then they've decided they don't want to live forever, well, uh, and, it yeah. was, and it's all gone a bit wrong. And actually, what they really want to do is just die because they're stuck on this ship for eternity. Yeah. So they um, stole, didn't they? They stole this um, regenerative technology from Gallifrey. Mm. And they tried to get it to work, but something went wrong and it caused this sort of horrible mutation. Yeah. So every, you know, however many years it goes past, um, they end up with like these horrible sort of, their sort of flesh starts to, de- you know. It's quite gross, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, the only way that they can stop that process is to use this Gallifreyan technology to heal them for a while. And then they just end up going round in circles. And like you say, for all eternity, they just they can't die. They just have these horrible conditions where their skin starts to sort of uh, crumble away and, mm. and all this stuff. And yeah, the whole point of them sort of capturing the TARDIS and, and uh, you know, uh, getting the Doctor to help them is they, they want to die, don't they? Yeah, I, th- I think pretty much that, yeah, they just want, they've decided that, you know, it's basically all gone wrong for them, hasn't it? So they've just decided that, you know, we, f- who wants to live forever, basically? We, we, we made a mistake, just put us out of our misery, yeah. is, is basically what they're saying. But to, to do this, the doctor realizes he will have to give up his, he actually states it, I think, eight remaining regenerations, meaning he will die as well. Correct. So obviously yep. he's not too keen to plug himself into the machine. <laughs> well, he won't die. He'll just lose all of his, he'll, he'll no longer be a Time Lord. Oh, that's it. Sorry, yes. So he'll yes. lose all of his regeneration energy and then that'll be it. He'll be effectively mortal, I suppose. Yeah, maybe I suppose in a way that's kind of turning him human then in a sense. Is it? Well, not human, but it's making him, like yeah. you said, just like he could be, Yes. he'll just die naturally sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the, the main dude on this ship is a character called Mordrin. Yes, and he's got him, a very nice um, pot noodle on his head. head. Yep. And so him and his the other members of the crew, they were exiled <laughs> from their home planet, essentially, because they were like, you know, we're going to, you've got this technology for immortality. But when it all went wrong, they got exiled from their home planet. And so because they can't die, they're undead. Hence the title Mordrin Undead. There you go. And there we go. There's there's other stuff going on, which we'll come yeah. on to. But that's essentially it. And it. Yeah, like you said, the Doctor has to give up his regenerations in order to stop this process and they can die. And there we go. And that's it. And in the middle of it, we've got like these two different timelines. So when the, the sort of Doctor and Nissa and Tegan get split up um, in two different timelines, basically. And the, the bit I do love about this is we get to see two different brigadiers so tegan and nissa get to go back to 1977 that's right uh, where the brigadiers uh, at this boarding school uh, and uh, the doctor goes back to where they should be which i think is 1983 isn't it um yep. and meets the brigadier there but the, the interesting thing is the brigadier doesn't remember him or any of the past adventures does he so he's like i don't don't know who this doctor guy is and you're sort of thinking hey up oh, what's what's happened to the brig um and slowly we bring the two different timelines together mm-hmm. um and that's that's the bit i personally absolutely love about this story you know because it is very timey-wimey it is quite 
confusing to an extent. Um, and it also does cause quite a lot of little continuity issues with unit and, uh, oh, crikey. and other yeah. things. Yeah, I yeah. can just imagine John Levine went berserk when he heard the Brigadier saying that Benton had um, become a second-hand car salesman. <laughs> I bet he was like, what? Yeah. He, I, I, even I was a bit like, I just can't see Benton doing that. But no. um, yeah, so it does cause a little bit of um, continuity issues with some of the unit stuff. But yeah. It it does make for an interesting watch, I think. Yes, and the yeah. Brigadier, it, it, he is a quite a key character in this story. Yes, and it like like we said, it is very timey wimey, pretty much off the bat, really. Yeah. Because when the Doctor first bumps into the Brigadier, the Brigadier doesn't know who the Doctor is, doesn't know what a Tardis is, all that stuff. So you immediately think, ah, huh? mm. what's going on here? And then you know, it unravels as you go through each episode, but. Yeah, so it all sort of culminates really with the brig. It's you know, it's his those two characters. You know, he's playing those two characters in different time zones. It's done quite well yeah. as well. I know they just yeah. basically darken his hair and put him in a different suit and give him a moustache, but it, for me, it works. I think I can I can buy into it. He's playing it subtly different. He's a bit more uh, he's a bit more forthright in the younger brig, whereas the other one's a bit mellow. Yes, yeah. So it does, does work. It's interesting. In the older version of the brig, the mm. 1983 version, he's lopped his moustache off. Yes. <laughs> so that makes him look younger, which is strange, but there we go. That is true, actually. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about some of the story stuff and how this moves along for a classic Doctor yeah, Who okay. episode, yeah. uh, collection of episodes. Um, pacing and direction and stuff, pretty basic. Mm-hmm. But nothing really to complain about. Yeah, I would say it's um when we get onto the the set where we're on the the Mordrin's sort of cruise liner <laughs> ship mm-hmm. thing, that they all seem quite samey because I don't think they had much money to build a you know a large variety of different sets. So we see the first one where um it's got like these strange portraits models of people in picture frames uh, and that's where the transmat isn't it where that's yeah. how basically the the doctor and everyone else travels between this ship and earth it's like this silver metal orb thing um which transmits them <laughs> you know to and from earth so that that whole bit there the, the transmat thing and we have that and then we have this little scene where it looks like it almost looks like a tardis interior which yeah. kind of makes sense, really, because it is from Gallifrey, and that's where they have this sort of regeneration technology where um, all of these aliens, Mordrin and his aliens, get into these pods, and that's where they go through the the regeneration stuff. So we have that set, and then we just have, like, various corridors. And the set, I mean, the, the spaceship itself looks very Art Deco, isn't it? Like it you were saying earlier, it's, a, it's quite hideous, actually. <laughs> but I, I, I thought... I don't know. I think perhaps that's slightly intentionally. I'm not sure, but it looks really garish, red and gold, and sort of almost 1930s American style. I don't know. It's a very yeah, it's a very unusual looking ship. Let's put it that way. Yeah, mm. it does look a bit when you it's look back bit. on it now. Probably at the time, because the brigadier does mention something about it's very luxurious, you know. Yeah. To be around luxury and stuff. So probably at the time it was <laughs> it was very in <laughs> with that style. But yeah, it does look a bit garish. And then the other places it's set, it's, uh, it's like a the boarding school is, I assume, like just a big manor house. Great location, somewhere. actually. I love that because it's got the obelisk 
Right, miles away in the background. I kept thinking, I bet that was fun to to film there, having to constantly go all the way up the hill with the TARDIS prop. And well, yeah, but it's right, a great yeah. location, though. Looks, yeah, looks good. They do it the other way around as well. When they're up on the hill at the obelisk, they look back down and you can see the big manor house it miles looks quite far away. away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's quite good. They have that the countryside and typical, you know, classic who out in the countryside and all that stuff. And then obviously the only other place we see is the TARDIS. Yeah, the TARDIS. <laughs> Good impression. <laughs> and uh, so that's like in terms of production and stuff, you know, what you would expect to see from a typical classic. Who, you know, the sets they they look very good, but they still look, you know, you don't want to stumble into them. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then sort of editing, you know, direction, that sort of stuff. Like it, it's it's very down the middle for me. There's there was nothing that cried out like wow, you know. Uh, Peter Moffat's really sort of pushing the the boundaries there of where he's going to play, you know, where he's placed his cameras and and all this stuff. It's uh, it was just fairly normal, I would yeah. say, and the way that it was cut together as well. Even when there was, because there aren't really any action scenes in this. There's there's no, do you know what I mean? There's no big fights. There's no shootouts. There's no, you know, mm. there's nothing really sort of actiony going on. The yeah. only sort of bits we see is like Turlo. Now and then, he gets a bit irate. Um, mm. So, in terms of direction and stuff, it's very normal. Exactly what you'd expect to see from a sort of run of the mill. Yeah, classic like you film. said, it's not bad, but it's it's nothing uh, adventurous or outstanding. Yeah, exactly. You can't mm. complain about it because it does the job. But yeah, it does it, the job. But yeah. then again, it doesn't do anything in terms of, you know, it, it doesn't. There's no sort of really. There's nice, no flair. Sort of high camera angles. There's no close-ups of such really there's no sweeping camera movements it's all very you know you stand there you stand there action yeah cut right we're going to go on to the next bit it's all very you know as you'd expect anything you want to say about the music because i'm going to talk about the music now because mm. we always forget we get to the do scores do do and you're, you're like do 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 do. before i get to the scores gary Got to mention the music. <laughs> I love the music in this. I was going to um, say, you're a fan of this, aren't you? This is Paddy Kingsland doing yeah. the music. And uh, yeah, I think I'm a bit of a fan of him because <laughs> um, I quite like a lot of his work on Doctor Who. It's very, um, it's quite over the top at times and it won't be to everyone's taste. But uh, I personally, I, I love it in this. Even the bit with the car, which is probably the most, it's the cheesiest of the <laughs> music, is, I think. Well, it's the bit I was doing at the beginning. The doodle-doodle-doodle. Yep. Very, very cheesy. But um, but we also get a bit of almost sort of, almost 70s sort of, uh, you can imagine it being in like the professionals or something like, you know, the, the waka waka waka, you know, guitar, <laughs> don't we? We get a bit of that going on. Um, and it does, because you just said earlier, there's not much action in this, but the music does help to give it a good um, sense of... Uh, uh, I don't know, it does help to provide an atmosphere in this, I think, because it does add a bit of tension to scenes which perhaps would have been very flat without it, I think. You know, even if it's just them running up the hill to the, get in the TARDIS and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and Turlo behind the Doctor with a rock, you know. I think I think the music does its job in this, even if it's sometimes a bit over the top. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. What about you? <laughs> um, yeah, I found... Don't get me wrong, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's, um, it is quite... It is quite cheesy at times. Mm -hmm. um, however, it has got a good variety of music in it. Yeah. I would say there's it between certain scenes, especially <laughs> like the opening scene where Turlo's get you know, 
stealing a brigadier's car. Mm. Like you say, that's a little bit a little bit cheesy, but it does move. It does move to different because um, it's like a sort of early eighties synth, yeah, you know, sort of soundtrack. But it does change as we get through the story. So there is like these little, and it sort of progresses as well. So we have these bits of music where it's a little bit cheesy at times, yes, or it's you know. It, it tries to move the action along, but when we get into episode three and four, the you know there's some drums, electronic drums start to appear in it, and so it does sort of progress along with the story. Yeah, it does. And also, when the Black Guardian appears, we get that da da da. It's real dread theme, mm. isn't it? That comes in, which uh, yeah. you know, like he isn't scary enough. <laughs> get that theme as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. So Paddy King's, yeah, he does. He does a fairly decent job. I mean, I, I wouldn't mm. put it on to listen to, <laughs> you know, around the house or while I'm working or something. However. It does oh, suit the story. You say that actually, but um, do you know? I think the there is one piece that I really, really wanted to try and track down. I'm, I'm wondering if I have it. I love it when the brigadier has the flashback and oh, the doctor's right, yeah. trying to get him to remember him, uh, which a is a brilliant scene because it's always lovely to see classic clips yeah. uh, in in an episode. Um, but I love that bit of music that that accompanies it. It's absolutely beautiful. It is good actually. It's like, yeah. yeah, like I, I was thinking, I must try and see if I've got that somewhere or or find it because I would quite. That's yeah, I know what you mean. Some of this you probably wouldn't put on to um to to chill out to, but uh, but that bit of music's fantastic yeah yeah that is a good that's a really good little scene actually it's, it's brilliant it. yeah. yeah so music what well, i mean so in terms of production you know editing direction music it, it, there's no complaints basically no no you it's know, fairly it, decent that's yeah. what it should, but you can't really award sort of extra brownie points for much of it because it just does the job it's intended to do mm. doesn't really show any sort of like you say doesn't show any flair or all that business but it's pretty good let's talk about some some story stuff. Yes. The overall story I thought was I thought was pretty good actually. I really liked the I, I like the idea that Mordrin and his other compadres you know were quite bold to go and steal this stuff from Gallifrey. Mm. Um, but as you know uh, and he does mutter the sort of the eternal words and it? it's it's the curse of a time lord. Yes. You know that yeah. sort of you know having to live potentially forever. But they're just not cut out for it. So <laughs> that sounds very, very harsh. But you know, I think you know we could we could sort of delve into and talk for a long time about you know the whole time lords thing, you know, and how you know they're prepared for it. It's because don't we see in one of the David Tennant um, stories where the master he talks about as a child being taken off to look into the untempered schism. Oh yeah. You know, all that stuff. So time Lords, Mm. you know, they're sort of prepared for it. They're educated and all that. These, you know, these particular aliens, they're not, they're not ready for it. You know, they're not, they can't cope with it. So I really like that aspect of that story where we've got these sort of renegade aliens who have been exiled for stealing Gallifrey tech. And now, Mm. you know, instead of, because sometimes with Doctor Who, it's all too easy to write the villain or the monster just with these grand plans of taking over the galaxy or, you know, taking over the Earth, or whatever. But yeah. these with these guys, it's none of that. They just want to die. You know, they're yeah. just sick of this process of, you know, um, going through, you know, this, this disfigurement and turning into these sort of horrible creatures. Than having to use this technology to regenerate and going over and over again. So I quite like that story. We haven't really seen any of that. 
I don't know. We haven't had any of that in, in new Doctor Who. Well, it's, like I say, it's always more interesting when the, when the baddie isn't, like you said, just out to conquer Earth or conquer a planet, mm. and there's actually a bit more to it. And this, yes, it's a really interesting little concept, I think. And like you said, I don't suppose they've started out to be particularly bad. They're just trying to steal some you know, technology to, to better themselves, and it's just all gone wrong. But where they do turn bad is where they've got to the desperation point, and they start using it, um, uh, sort of almost blackmailing the Doctor, don't they? Because yeah. when he tries to leave... Uh, we get the zombie Tegan and zombie <laughs> yeah. Nissa. We also get miniature zom- uh, miniature Tegan and Nissa, which is a really, really great little scene. And well it's done, just isn't it? So it's, yeah. yeah, the zombie bit is um, quite horrible, actually, mm-hmm. in, in a good way. It's quite horrific. They probably, you know, the makeup and stuff is great. So, yeah, so at that point, we, we kind of lose any sympathy we might have had for them because, um, you know, although they're not necessarily evil, um, they are prepared to do whatever it takes to, you know, to get to get the doctor to do what he needs to do. Yeah. So yeah, which we, is really really good. It just adds an extra element to the story. You know, makes it a bit more interesting than the run of the mill villain. Of course, yeah. And we get the when we first see Mordrin, he's Tegan and Nissa drag him into the TARDIS because he's been like horribly burnt. It looks like disfigured. And, yeah. yeah. And we kind of feel sorry for him, I guess, when we first see him. But then he does this thing where. He pretends to be the doctor, doesn't he? He pretends that. Yeah. He... See, this this is where this is one of the few things I negatives I have with this story is I just don't buy into why they think he's the doctor because they just seem to accept it far far too easily. It's one of the few things that kind of well, it's why I've sort of knocked a point or two off really because okay, he's disfigured, and the only thing I can think of is that they assume he's regenerated and it's gone wrong, but they seem so quick to. To, to sort of assume it's the doctor and I don't I don't quite understand that well Tegan is quite re- you know she she resists that feeling doesn't she she's the one that doesn't really trust him yeah Bec- true yeah, yeah so she she does fight it a little bit but even even she's sort of she buys into it a little bit I think and, and that's one of the yeah I mean I didn't it's weird because when they drag him back into the TARDIS I was when I first watched it I was like is that Peter Davison. Really? Well, yeah, when I first watched okay. it, I was like, Has something happened to him. Is that Peter Davison? I can't really make it out. And then obviously when you see him a bit closer up, you're like, well, it's not. Yeah. So how can they mistake his regeneration? You know, it's it's, it's quite weird. See, uh, if Adric had been in there, he'd have had none of that. Adric, he would have. He, would, no, he wouldn't have stood for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, and then we kind of feel sorry for him in a way because we don't really know what his plan is, but... You know, he sort of fakes the doctor. He says, like, you know, I am the doctor. I've just regenerated. Mm. You know, he just wants to get back into the ship and back to the, you know, the regeneration thing so he can do his thing, I suppose. So then when you find out that he's in, like, an eternal torture, if you like, you do feel sorry for him. But then, yeah, when we have that scene where he sort of blackmails the doctor, where we see Tegan and Nissa with the zombies and the kid and stuff, it's not like, yeah, and then we sort of lose that sympathy for him, I mm. suppose, quite quickly. What's going on with his, when we first see him there, when he does that sort of, he's got the Tom Baker's burgundy coat on, hasn't he? Yeah. And he does like that reveal. He sort of turns around, I'm Mordred. <laughs> Mordred, yeah. Mordred, not Mordred. Uh, yeah, and he's got his, the, the pot noodle on his head is pulsating 
but it only does it in that scene. Do you think it malfunctioned for the rest of the episode or something? Because it, it doesn't move in any <laughs> other scene. But in that one, it's like, there's obviously something under there. Or maybe, it's, I don't know, maybe there's something. Do you know what, mate? You cannot stop looking at it. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it, does, it does move. It does move in other scenes. It just doesn't move as quickly. It's like the, this, perhaps the batteries were going in it. It does look like someone's just put a pot noodle on his head and sort of flattened <laughs> it down, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. Um, but it does move. And then in other scenes, it won't move for like sort of 20 seconds and it will move up a little bit and that's it. it you know, See, I was doing I was doing Noodle Watch. I was sort of watching it thinking, what's, you know, what's happening with that? Um, talking to mechanics, though, that thing that poor old Turlo has to carry around with him, that light-up bulb, yeah, the light-up cube, whatever. I quite like it, but apparently it was an absolute nightmare because um, because of the studio lights it had to be really, really bright for it to show up. So it's basically connected on a wire down his arm. Oh, Turlo, then, the little thing that Turlo's got from yeah, the Black Guardian. Oh, right, yeah. And connected yeah. up to a car battery. Oh, really? <laughs> to, to, yeah, so if ever he moved any sort of distance, they had to have someone following him carrying a car battery because it was it, it had to be so bright to show up under the studio lights that that's the only thing they could use oh, um, right. he says in the making of god it was awful he said not only was it uncomfortable and not only did i have to keep trying to conceal the wire with my other hand he said it was like red hot so i could only sort of film like you know a minute or whatever and then i'd have to stop to get to, to put it down so yeah fun times with the the props you'd have thought they could have just overlaid a little effect on it wouldn't you yeah i think but that, that's one of the cool things about Classic mm. Who, though. They always try to do yeah. the physical effect rather than rely on CG because they didn't have anything back then. The only thing they had really was like the blue screen video overlay. What did they call it back then? It was CSO. CSO, yeah. So they had that, but they couldn't really rely on you know much else that would create a realistic effect, I suppose. Talk, talking of effects, actually, while we're on it, um, I do think um, they're okay apart from the spaceship on the TARDIS scanner looks absolutely appalling um <laughs> and on the on the uh, and also when the black guardian first takes turlo we get a really 80s um computer effect uh, as the background don't we like this circular multicolored effect um, oh, but, yeah, yeah but on the on the dvd i didn't re- i didn't realize you can actually um they they give you an option to watch it with new effects which aren't bad actually <laughs> i mean okay. i will yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I will always watch it with the originals because that's how I remember it. That's how I, you know, and I love them for being bad, if you know what I mean. But I did have a quick look at some of the new effects because I did think the spaceship looked particularly naff when it was coming towards the scanner on the original. Um, and there is a very nice little effect that they've altered in the alternative graphics with the TARDIS sort of spinning like a model TARDIS shot. So it's quite right. nice to watch it. You know, if you if like me, you've watched the story a few times and you just fancy watching it with a bit of a difference to freshen it up, just bung on the um, new <laughs> new effects on the DVD because they they've not done a bad job actually. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I, did, I will always watch the original effects though yeah. because that for me is a bit a bit of a George Lucas thing. Exactly. You know? Same. So yeah. it, it it's it's cool to watch out of interest to see what the new effects look like and yeah, they're pretty good, but it does sort of take it out of. Now, you know, it removes it out of the flow of the story. Oh, it does. Yeah. Because one of the things about, as I'm sure you all know about Classic Who, is, you know, its charm is its bad effects. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. So, yes, it's it's worth checking out just to see what they look like. But, yeah. 
Because on that, on the when Tiller holds the little cube, they've put like a little effect on it, haven't they? Yes, right. Which I was thinking, yeah. if they could have done that back in the day, they probably would have done. Would have been a lot easier than a hmm. than a car battery and a hot wire. <laughs> a hot wire. Yeah, 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 that's what they used to do back then. So yeah, right. So actually, let's talk. We might as well talk about the Black Guardian and how we, mm. you know, how we sort of. He doesn't really brain. Does he? he I guess he, the point of it is it looks like he's brainwashing Turlo because the effect that they have in the background looks like something that you see on sort of hypnotists. Um, yeah. When, you know, when you see stories of like swirling patterns and stuff, it does look quite hypnotic and, um, yeah. So Turlo, he does look very wide-eyed and starey, you know, like he's being brainwashed, I guess. Yeah, I do like that scene. I think it's a really nice idea that he sort of takes, you know, you can see himself lying on the floor he's not meant to be dead or is he meant to be dead i'm not sure but he can see himself outside the car after the accident yeah it's like a, it's almost like he's looking down on himself and the guardian saying you know you you've got to do what i say otherwise is he's basically saying otherwise i'll just kill you now or something yeah he's having like an out-of-body experience That's isn't it. he and um yeah i wasn't sure about that whether he was just unconscious and regardless if the black, black guardian was there he would have woke up anyway or if he, yeah like you said if he was you know, if he were saying to him, you know, do as I say, or, you know, you're out of it. Well, I this is yeah. it. Yeah. But it, it, that was quite well done, I thought. Yeah, but, no, I I just like that scene. I think it's quite a nice, interesting way of, of you know, of getting him on board. Because we don't know that he's an alien at this point as well. So, like, the Black Guardian's clearly done a bit of research and knows he's picked Taylor on purpose, hasn't he? Pretty much. Pretty, yeah, he's got yeah. quite a bit of... um dirt on him if you like yeah. so yeah, yeah he knows he's picked a quite a good character but um but yeah black guardian i was just looking back to see if it was the same actor that was in the key to time because it's so long since i've watched the key to time um that i couldn't remember and it is surprisingly i don't think he's i don't remember him being in key to time that much uh, i could be wrong so long since i watched it but apparently it is the same actor valentine dial yeah. um absolutely yeah. fantastic voice mm. uh for a villain i mean it's you know, and also he looks quite, he's one of these guys apparently that was, you know, looked evil, but was one of the nicest gents you could meet. So it's that typical sort of um, cliche, but yeah, good casting. And it's, it is good that they got the original Black Guardian back. I I thought it was somebody else in the key to time for some reason, but it's not, it is him. Yeah. So, I think his, his appearance is slightly different as well. Yes. You know, he's like, got that bird on his head, doesn't he? Yeah. in this one, I think the other ones, he's just got like a, like a, like a head that's right he hasn't got the big bird thing yeah he looks yeah. quite different but no he's very good he's, he's, good. That, he's menacing isn't he i was gonna say he's got that classic bad guy villain mm. um voice like there's a there's a scene isn't there where he's actually threatening turlo he's saying like you know you'll either do this or, or i will destroy he's got a real classic uh villain uh, voice to him so really good casting for him because it although, sounds like he smoked about a thousand cigarettes yeah, a day doesn't he yeah because although he isn't in it a lot i mean he's not i think you're right in the key to time stuff he's not really in that much either i don't remember him in it that much no, no. so he's not in this a great deal he pops up obviously he's at the beginning where he's brainwashed turlo and then he pops mm. up again just at little bits really just like yeah. these little key moments where he feels like turlo isn't sort of pulling his socks up and doing the job he sort of throws in another sort of couple of threats and you know guides Turlo, if you like, to the Doctor. Because um, that's probably the main driver in this story because although it is about Mordrin and why the Doctor's there and caught up in this whole thing, 
the 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 main thing really that's underlying throughout the entire story is this battle that Turlo's got because he does end up sort of sort of liking the Doctor, I guess, you know, because he does sort of shout back at the Black Guardian. It's you know, he's like the Doctor isn't as you say, you say, yeah, you know, all yeah. that stuff. So he ends up, you know, not really wanting to do because he starts off with a huge brit a uh, big huge stone doesn't he hovering above the doctor's head he's ready mm. to smash his head in it's a good cliffhanger that and i really like how they get out of it as well just a really nice simple idea wasn't it oh the, the thing the explosion yeah. yeah yeah so that yeah i mean so the overriding thing really is the story really is about turlo yeah really i mean it's about mordrin and and the whole thing but it's about turlo um, so yeah, the Black Guardian, his interactions with Turlo, Turlo are really good, really threatening, quite menacing, really good sort of monster, monster of the week, villain vibe. Mm. Um, yeah, great stuff from him. I guess so yeah, it's interesting because it gives it another element to the story and there's already quite a lot going on in this as well. So it's like as if it wasn't complicated enough, you get the Black Guardian popping up every now and again. Um, but I think it works really well. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sort of like you said it doesn't take you out of the story mm-hmm. um as much as you'd think it might so yeah and great casting yeah i yeah. like him he is scary he's the sort of bloke I, I think if you met him at a convention you you just assume he was <laughs> like that you know you'd be quite scared of him because of the voice as well yeah um apparently he, d- he died not that long after this aired i think he was quite old at the time um which i didn't really re- realize but yeah he was quite old when he actually filmed this, apparently. So, oh, okay, right. Yeah, but he did do a convention. He did the famous Longleat convention. Oh, Longleat. Peter okay. Davidson and um, Mark Strickson and that. And he's, I have seen a little video clip of him there, and he does come across really well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. In a way, I'm glad that they they didn't write him in any more than what he was in it. Oh, yeah. For two definitely. reasons, really. The first one is that, like we said earlier, there's a lot going on. So yeah. there's a lot of to in and throw in with the brigadier and back and forward and and all that stuff. And secondly, I think it would have made him less sinister if he was in it anymore. Mm. Because you you almost, as you're going through each episode, you're thinking, I haven't seen the Black Guardian in a while. You know, I wonder if he's going to pop back in it, you know, anytime yeah. soon or if we, you know, he's... So I, it was quite clever writing, I think, because they could have gone to town with that character. They could have made him, they could have brought him in it a lot more. Mm. But I think that would have overdone it. So I think they played that quite right like you know the amount of screen time that character had yeah i agree with you which is yeah. good um before we move on to like the main cast what do you think to some of the support cast that we mainly see at the beginning like the headmaster and the other kid that turlo's sort of picking on if you like i like the headmaster um it's really bugging me I, I meant to look this up he was in he's like one of the time lords or something in a tom baker story because I, I remember as soon as he walked in i was like oh i recognize that actor um, I can't think who he was, but but I thought as the as the, um, as the headmaster, he was quite good, quite he good was, casting. Uh, actually, he's that sort of character. He was Barossa in the Deadly Assassin. Oh, Deadly Assassin! That's all right. Yeah, I knew I knew him. I just couldn't place him. Um, so yeah, I liked him. Uh, liked liked him as the headmaster. Thought he was good casting. Now, <laughs> Stephen Garlic yep. as Ibbotson, Ibbotson or Hippo, Hippo. as, uh, as Turley, Turlo keeps calling. Um, I'm sorry, just dreadful. He's he's the only one in it that stands out as, to me, anyway, uh, as being just uh, just ham acting. Yeah. Uh, it's just the yeah. voice, the act. Yeah. I mean, to be to be fair, he does work okay in this in the scene, and he's only in it at the beginning, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but what a wet lettuce! I, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'm glad he wasn't in it any more than he is. Let's put it that, that way. 
You almost want Turlo to give him a good iodine, don't you? Yeah, you do. You yeah. almost want such him to... a wet. Oh. Yeah. I read yeah. you. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's the only one I think. Yeah, he's he's quite he's quite funny to see him manipulated by Turlo at the beginning. Mm. It's quite it's quite funny, and because he's quite annoying, a bit like Adric, really, because he's an an annoying character. You can't really. F- you don't really feel too bad if like something bad happens to him. No, that's right. Um, and I you don't almost mean, want him to get in trouble, don't yes, you? Yes, and I don't mean the death scene in Earthshock for Adric. No. Because that's I off, I genuinely find that quite sad. I'm talking about like the other little mishaps that Adric got himself into. You don't really feel too bad because he's quite annoying Yeah, a lot of the time. That so brat. he has that vibe, doesn't he? He has that annoying sort of, you know, just bugger off out of it. Um, yeah, the headmaster, I agree pretty good um i couldn't place him either i'll be honest with you i thought he's been in who he has been in who absolutely but you can't i couldn't place him just same as you I had to look it up after i watched it yeah um and what about the uh, we have a small part don't we matron oh matron yes matron i'd forgotten about matron yeah, yeah she's she's good she's fine she's yeah she just seems one of these nice little bit part actresses that gives a, a nice little performance yeah i thought she was good fine yeah, it's good right um, Spider Man Black Guardian, Mordrin. David Collins, character. your yeah. your favourite of the, the David Collins school Crikey. of acting. Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny because obviously we talked about when he's in Robots of Death and how over the top he goes. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't remember him being so over the top in this, but my God, he really goes for it when he's first in it, doesn't he? When he's like, we must leave now. And he's really, oh dear, David, he's really, he's giving a bit, bit more of his acting class uh, than I remember in this. Um, he's absolutely a stage actor. He is a stage doubt. actor. Yeah. 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 Um, to, to be honest though, the, the thing about him in this is that half the time I can I can hardly stand to look at him because of the gross makeup and and that he's under. Like even when he's, even when he's sort of, you know, um, only got like this flesh side to his face that's all battered. I'm he's sort of gross, grosses me out. Yeah, so when he's on, it is good makeup. Yeah, I found myself sort of wincing a lot of the time that he was on screen for lots of different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean he's okay. He's it's interesting. He plays the part. Okay, he's a bit pantomime. He's very, very theatre in his performance, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not helped by the sort of, like you said, the makeup's good, but he's not helped by perhaps his costume as well with that thing on his head. So, yeah, not not brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he's not as bad as he was in Robots of Death. He's mm-hmm. not as bad, you know, not such as much panto stuff going on. Mm. But he is still quite dramatic with it. I think that's just the nature of who he is, you know. He's just, it's just his style. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what 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 to say. He's, he, he was he was good. He was good in this part. Uh, again, it's one, I think it's one of those episodes where you can't really complain too much about what's going on mm. because he does the job, you know, as it's supposed to be done. He's just a little, just David Collings all over. I think he just edges towards that theatrical side. You know, in any part that he plays, and this is no different. But the makeup was brilliant. The makeup is good. Who, who, do you prefer him as Mordrin or as, as uh, Toos? No, was it Toos? Uh, no, what was he called in Robot? Um, which in, do you prefer him in this or Robot? Uh, I prefer him in Robot just because the 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 Panto, um, you know, stage production is just more out there in Robots of Death. Yeah, it's strange. Um, I thought you would say this. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's strange because he's 
like I said, I don't feel he's as he's as um, sort of dramatic in this as he was in Robots of Death. But I prefer him in that because if you're going to do it, just go for it properly. Yeah, you know. Um, and also, apparently, he was in the Revenge of the Cybermen, which I didn't don't remember him in that at all. But I think he was under a, a mask or something in that. Um, oh, okay. I don't remember right. him in that. Yeah. No, he was Pole. Oh, of course he was yeah. Chief Commander Paul. Yeah, I should know that. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, I mean, no complaints really. He was pretty good. You know, it's just what it is. It's David it's a, Collins being a you know over the top. Yeah. Um, okay. There's a dreadful picture of him on Wiki, by the way. Have you got it on? As well? No. What's that on? They really need to change his picture on Wiki. Bless him, because he's a lovely man. Actually, I met him at one of our Slough events that we went to. Uh, I mean, Windsor. <laughs> You know, the one, the Paradise oh, Towers one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plant events. Yeah, he's a lovely man to meet, but um, dear me, he needs to change his wiki picture. Anyway, yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on, the brig. The brig. The brig. Oh. So we see him in retirement, don't we? Yeah. Units, you know, long gone. And he's working as a, a maths teacher at this mm -hmm. boarding school, and he's got like a little hut somewhere on the grounds. You know, he's a bit like Hagrid. Mm -hmm. Um and he bumps into the Doctor. We, he has no memory of the Doctor and their adventures and so on. And that's when the... Because what's happened with this sort of... It's when the two meet, isn't it? I have no idea what how to describe it. Is it like a paradox? Is it a a, a different paradox? I don't know. But the reason why he's got no memory, yeah, because the two brigadiers have uh, sort of crossed timelines, if you like, and cancelled mm. each other's memories out, I suppose. It's, I guess that's what's happened. But the, he has no recollection of the Doctor, and it's it's a really good scene that we mentioned earlier when the when the Doctor's sort of prodding his memory, and he talks about um, some of the companions, and it's when he mentions the Yeti, that's mm. when the Brigadier goes into that, you know, all his memories start coming back, and we see those all those scenes, don't we, from his other stories? Yeah, and then that's it. He's back as the Brig as soon as he gets his memory back. He sort of apologizes to the Doctor, and then that's it. He wants in. You know, he wants That's to get right, back yeah. on the, you know, back into the adventure and all that stuff. So, mm. you know, I'm never going to complain about Nicholas Courtney in any yeah. story because there's nothing to complain. You know, he's, he just gets it. He just gets that character, you know, 110%, doesn't he? I think he's brilliant in it. I love Nicholas Courtney as the brig. Um, I love him in this. I think it's a really nice, it's great to see, to see him with Davison, actually. Him and Davison work really well together, they do. I thought. yeah. There's a yep. real good um, chemistry between the two of them. Uh, but no, the Brig, fantastic in it. Um, I'm slightly, yeah, it's a slightly, it does kind of mess with my head, though, the fact he's supposed to have left <laughs> Unit so early on because it doesn't quite tie in with some of the other stuff we know about Unit. But the reason for that, and, uh, you know, it's because originally it wasn't going to be the Brig in the story, was it? It was going to be Ian Chesterton, which is why we get the school setting. So the original idea was to get... Um, uh, is to get Ian Chesterton back, yeah. and 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 that would have made more sense. Um, unfortunately, uh, William Russell couldn't film uh, couldn't film at the time. I think he was in a play, so they had to sort of think of other ideas, which is how we ended up with the Brig being in it. Um, so he does work really, really well in it. But um, I'm slightly, yeah, I'm just not sure I can see the Brig becoming a maths teacher. Um, at this school, you know, so soon after the events of uh, Terror of the Zygons, which is what we're sort of led to believe, I think, if I've got my timelines right. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not complaining because although it would have been, it would have been very interesting to us in Chesterton come back, I would have loved that. Um, I just think 
Nicholas Courtney is so fantastic when he's on screen that I've, I've got absolutely no complaints at all. Um, I can kind of overlook any little continuity issues and stuff because I just, I just think he's brilliant. And like I said, I love the camaraderie between him and Peter Davison's Doctor. I think it works really, really nicely. So, I totally agree, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say any more than that. It's because um, you normally, because the Brig and Pertwee were great together. Mm. And when you see some of those stories, you think, wow, you know, it's so good. But then, yeah, you're right. Davison and the Brig, they do work well together. They do have this this good dynamic. I just love that scene in the hut. It's just the whole way that Davison sort of, um, he's almost like a almost like a pupil in a way, because mm. he's sort of, when the Brigadier shouts him down, he's like, absolutely, of course. Um, you know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't um, uh, question the Brig, you know, even though he can see that something's wrong, he lets the Brig, carry on as if he's in control even though he knows he's wrong and yeah i think the way davison played those scenes with with nicholas courtney was was great actually really good. really really lovely scene yeah, yeah. so yeah not going to complain about it. there are some things that are written in with for his character that weren't great like you say the whole school set it just doesn't seem to match the briggs character no that's the only thing i would say yeah yeah he ends up teaching math at school and they could try and sort of write around it by saying you know, I think he says to the doctor, "You don't have to be a time lord to teach A level maths." You know, you know, insinuating that the the brigadier's just kind of settled, you know, for mm. this this life. And you know, the way that he mentions um, um, John Benson. Levine, yeah, Benson as a car salesman and stuff. So the the way that they they wrote some of the characters around Unit, I'm not a great fan of. No, some of no. those things, and obviously the continuity things just. Are just glaringly obvious you can't mm. overlook those um but then again you know that's a good reason to pick up the lethbridge stewart books because yes you know, true. all that you know they cater for all that stuff um however the performance that nicholas courtney always gives is superb yeah so regardless of how you know his his circumstances are in this story how they've been written and so on his performance with what he's been given is just brilliant every time there's never yeah. a complaint about nicholas courtney no and it did make me because one of the one of the few i love the mccoy era but one of the stories that i've never really got into was battlefield um and it did make me want to watch that because i can't remember now how he i'm thinking he's is he back in oh no he's still in retirement in that story isn't he because i was trying to think where we go with the brigadier after this and i, I can't remember so i may dive into battlefield at some point <laughs> um, just to find out where because i think he's in retirement actually maybe he comes out of retirement to help the doctor or something i can't quite remember but this sort of made me start thinking about the brigadier's timeline and where we go after this because um i sort of wanted to see more of him if you like well when you know when the doctor drops him back i i was so sort of attached to the character i was thinking oh what happens to the brig after this <laughs> you know because we don't, obviously he's not i don't think he's a school teacher next time we see him no he's um he is retired yeah, um, but when he hears, because I think in Battlefield, the the Doctor, they it, it, there's a distress call from Unit, I believe, mm. which is you know why they why they end up there. And I think when the Brigadier hears about the Doctor is back, he comes out of retirement because he's got a little bit of a tum in the yeah, old Unit right. jumper, yeah. isn't he? So uh, yes, yeah, so that's I think that's the next time we see him is in Battlefield. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But he's such a good character. Such a good character. I love Nicholas Courtney. That's right. Brilliant. TARDIS team. The TARDIS team, yeah. Uh, actually, let's talk about the newest member first, Turlo. Mm -hmm. Mark Strickson. Um, I thought he was okay in this. 
I think he gets better. Yeah, the, the, the longer we see him as we get through Davis and Zero, he does get better. But I, st- I still think it's quite a good introduction for him. He does play it pretty well. I think his introductions to new companions go. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, so he's got a lot to to play with, hasn't he? Like the whole Black Guardian thing. The fact he's got to try and kill the Doctor. Is he good? Is he bad? Um, is he human? Is he alien? You know, there's a lot, lot to sort of take on board in his introduction. Um, which is great, actually. We don't get enough of that, I don't think. You know, they've really sort of, you know, they've really given him some, put some meat on the bone rather <laughs> than just shoving somebody in there. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, it's going to cause problems because you can only have so many episodes when he's trying to kill the Doctor yeah. before they have to wrap that up. But uh, it does make for an interesting companion, I think. And he's, hmm. in terms of performance, I think he's, he's, he's fine in it. I agree with you. It does get better. Um, but uh, yeah, he's definitely definitely makes for an interesting uh, introduction to a new companion. Yeah. yeah, it is good because he's still they haven't wrapped up like his sort of mental influence that the Black Guardian has over him. Mm. So it does leave you with that: what's going on? Is he still going to try and kill the Doctor? Is he does he genuinely want to be part of the Doctor's team now? And so it does leave you guessing after this one. There's a confidence to to him as well isn't there you know what i mean he's quite i wouldn't say well maybe a little cocky but you know like when is it the end or something there's a bit where the doctor walks in and he's just at the console just tapping away and he's quite confident isn't he you know the doctor's sort of picked up on that i think the doctor's a bit like who is this guy yeah you know what I mean? he's a bit intrigued by him as well it's a good first um first meeting with him and the doctor as well because the doctor bursts into the TARDIS and goes oh, straight to it, the yeah. console and he's like tapping he's away there. he looks up and Turlo's on the other side tapping yeah. away but he doesn't get angry or anything he's just there's that sort of you know who are you or who are you yeah you, know, you must be the doctor you know so that, that's it's a good introduction and I love the ending where they shake hands as well because that again left me wanting more I didn't I didn't go on and watch the next story um but it did. I certainly wanted to if I'd have had time. Because you know what I mean? It's sort of like welcome aboard or whatever. And they shake hands. And you're thinking, oh, Doctor, you've just invited your, you know, your assassin on board the yeah. TARDIS. I think that's yeah. a great. We haven't seen anything like that. No. You know, that's good. For, before. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what's the next story? It's in like uh, Terminus. Terminus. Yeah. Oh, dear. Terminus. So, mm-hmm. however, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, he does get better. Mark yeah. Strickland, he does sort of grow into that role as the episodes sort of flick by. Um, Tegan and Nyssa. Tegan and Nyssa. I like Tegan in this myself. Bit stale, I thought, I thought these two. Well, I thought I thought Nyssa was. I thought Nyssa was almost, she almost seemed a bit bored, actually. Um, I thought Tegan was all right. Because I, I, I like uh, the bits like you mentioned earlier, where she's she's sort of having none of it. She's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> she is feisty. That's not the yeah. doctor. I can't do the accent. That's not the doctor and all that. So... I quite enjoyed Tegan in it, um, but yeah, I thought Nissa very stale, um, really quite redundant, actually. Yeah, I thought both of them were. I thought Tegan had her little moments. The only moment that I liked really was when she's arguing with Nissa about yeah. the um, about Mordrin. You know, he's trying to convince them that he's the new Doctor. Oh, sorry, he's the the latest regeneration of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. There's a quite nice little scene yeah. between Tegan and the Brig, I think as well uh, quite short but it's quite nice when they're together oh that's yeah. when she's back in time when she's back in yeah. 70 whatever it was 77 or whatever it is yeah. yeah and she bumps into him and they go into his hut and he you know makes her a cup of tea and have a that's quite nice yeah 
as Coco Christie gets to say, he's Brigadier Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a typical Aussie. Yeah. Do you know the bit, where the bit where they're zombies, though? They almost, if you watch that scene, they, it looks to me like they're really trying hard not to laugh. It's <laughs> like the makeup's great and it's quite a gruesome scene, but they just look like they're, I just imagine as soon as they shouted cut, they just burst out laughing. Probably. When you watch that. It yeah. does seem there's a bit of, um, there's a bit of, I think sometimes uh, Janet and Sarah probably just slightly slipped out of character sometimes because you almost feel like they're just messing around on set a mm. little bit at times. You sort of, you can almost sort of feel that they're just waiting for the camera to cut so they can just laugh. And well, They probably did, to be fair. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, it's probably quite laborious filming a TV show. Yeah. You know, well, I think her and Dave, the, the three of them were Davidson as well because Davidson's a bit of a cheeky chappy. Yeah. I think the three of them got on quite well and I think there probably was a lot of uh, giggles on set. Mucking yeah. about, yeah. Because yeah. when the cameras aren't rolling, they've got nothing to do, have they? No. Really, they, you know, apart from learning, you know, the lines for the upcoming scenes, it's just waiting for everything to be set up to, so there's nothing really to do. Yeah, um, yeah so a bit stale. I mean, yeah, Tegan was okay. She had a couple of fiery moments, which is good about her character, but nothing else to do really, did they? No, not really. Not she really. goes on about the Mara at the start of the episode, which ties in with the previous story uh snake dance and it so she sort of bangs on about that at the beginning and she's like once again she's demanding to be taken back to earth and all yeah. that so yeah but um yeah she definitely gets more to do than nissa but not still not that much yeah yeah and mr davison davison mm. sideburns looking pretty good in this one yeah very space age yeah very space age sideburns. um davison i i really like him in this but mainly the scenes when he's with the brick because i think um at other times he's perhaps uh, just a little bit run of the mill, like you said. Um, hmm. But but yeah, I, just, I, I do love Davison's Doctor, um, especially the sideburns. Uh, but the scenes <laughs> of him and the brig really steal it for me. I think they're great together. They really bounce off each other. So uh, yeah, no complaints about Davison in this. I think he's fine. Yes, um, I quite like the the scene towards the end where he's like a step away from sacrificing himself to save mm. Tegan and this. So that's quite you know that that's really part of the human side of this particular doctor isn't it he's very yeah. you know he's you know he, he has no no problem with sacrificing himself to you know to save save other people which is quite good the other times i completely agree with you mate the scenes that he has with the brig really good mm. love all those scenes with both of the brigadier characters yeah both yeah. really good and the other times yeah it's just thundering along as the doctor normally would do um yeah Again, no complaints, really. No complaints, and I do, yeah. I do like the way this story comes full circle with the two bricks meeting um, and cancelling out everything. And it's a bit of a, I was going to say a reset button there, but it's not. It's it's better than that. Um, but it's it's quite nice the way the story sort of concludes. I think brings everything together because it is quite, yeah, there's quite a lot going on up until that point, and it does kind of sort everything out. So yeah, I like the way it all ties up. Yeah. Mm. Anything else you want to mention before scores? No, I haven't got anything else uh, apart from the fact I like the pod. <laughs> I like the silver ball pod. It reminds me of the Joe 90 pod. Okay. He used to yep. see it. But yeah, nice. No, I think the design and stuff on this episode is quite, quite good, um, apart from the spaceship. But yeah, no, nothing else really to add about that. I'm glad you mentioned the music. <laughs> yeah, because we would have forgotten. We always forget the music. <laughs> right, scores. It's me to go first. Yes, it is. I'm going to give this a 6.5. 6.5. Oh, I thought you'd go higher than that. Well, I was thinking uh, a seven at first, but yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't really give a high score 
on an episode just because of, you know, the Doctor and the Brig. Fair you enough. Know, there's quite a few other things that are just, mm. and again, they're not bad. They're just nothing, you know. Uh, they, they, I feel that they didn't really push anything further. I know. In all that yeah. stuff, really. Okay, well, I'm I'm, slight, I'm higher than that. Um, I'm 7.5. Um, okay. I must admit, I nearly pushed to an 8. I think, um, you know, when I said at the start of the review that if you'd have asked me before I rewatched it, I always think I always think this is a really, really good story, uh, which it is, um, but it wasn't quite as good as I remembered, so it has gone down slightly. But, yeah, I still really enjoy it, so 7.5 for me. Good stuff. What did you guys think? Um, I don't think – I'm not sure how many people have actually watched this one. Mm. We had no audio reviews in, but we did have... Oh, that's a shame. I was hoping Jay Kent might do his Black Guardian impression. <laughs> we did have, um, obviously, over on Facebook and Twitter. So over on Twitter, uh, we had um, uh, Cameron McEwen, previously of Blog to Who. Oh. Um, his review simply is, great soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, along with you, mate, he loves uh, the music from Paddy. Old, yes. old Paddy. Um, Andy Frankamella, Mr. Andy. Now he says, oh man, con continuity cock up. Mm. Uh, and then he says, until my story, the unfolded time in the Havoc files. Which, um, yeah, I saw that, which I, he did say he was going to try and find me a copy and I still haven't got it. My, my OCD of the Leftbridge Stewart novels is in turmoil because I can't get hold of it because that was the limited one they did, wasn't it? That's right. So yep. Mr. Andy, if you're listening, I want that book. Where's my book? Yeah. Come on. Over on Facebook, Danny Brown says, if this story made sense, it would be a solid 9 out of 10. Uh, because it doesn't, I can't rate it that high. Uh, <laughs> the Return of the Black Guardian is great, as is the Return of the Brigadier. I just wish the story was shorter. Too much walking down the same corridors. Mm -hmm. uh, so he gives it a 6.5. Oh, same as you. Lewis Palmer, it's probably the best story in the Black Guardian trilogy. That's not saying much, though, since the trilogy contains Terminus, but Mordrin Undead is still a relatively enjoyable adventure. The Brigadier is good, although his appearance does mess around with unit continuity. Mm. I enjoy the introduction of Turlo. The plot about the companions thinking about the Doctor has regenerated was unnecessary, however. Overall, it's an enjoyable story, but not one which I often return to. 6.5. Okay. Uh, ben Smith says, a fantastic story. Uh, which was one of the first to really incorporate time travel into the narrative. And who doesn't love to see the brig again? Mm. Sally yep. Satine, with her usual synopsis, says, So, Turlo crashes the brigadier's car and the Black Guardian decides to take advantage of Turlo by bullying him into agreeing to kill the Doctor. Turlo then follows the Black Guardian's instructions but doesn't really know how, uh, sorry, who he is working for. Mordrin just wants to die, um, as does his friends. However... They need energy of a time law to die, so they trick the Doctor and put Nyssa and Tegan in danger. However, two versions of the Brigadier end up on the ship and manage to save the day just by meeting. It's wonderful to see the Brigadier again. I miss Nicholas Courtney and I wish he was still around to see 12 do his thing. Mm. Uh, Peter Davison is good. I like Peter. I just find his Doctor a little lacking in authority. Uh, even 11 managed to be stern and defiant, but 5 I never feel goes there really. Nissa seems okay and Tegan is okay, though for some reason I find hearing her speak annoying. Don't get me wrong, I like an Aussie accent and she does it well, but hers is the only one that I've heard that really grates on me, <laughs> and that's speaking as an Aussie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overall, it was good. 7 out of 10, mainly because it was a joy to see the Brigadier Sir Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart again. 
Yeah. It's a good review there. Thank you, Sammy. Lastly on Facebook, Joseph uh, Howarth says, a very good story in Peter Davison's era. This marks the introduction of Turlo, who is arguably one of my favourite companions and perhaps the better companion for the fifth Doctor, in my opinion. Mm. The Brigadier returning once again, providing some great moments, as well as the Mordrin while he does quite have a few, uh, has a few naff lines. Um, he's a malevolent, malevolent, malevolent? Yeah, malevolent, but sympathetic villain. The only yeah. problem I have with this story is the Black Guardian. While he just isn't terrible, he is rather loud and bellows whatever he says at the top of his lungs and has very questionably fashion wear. Other than that, <laughs> it's a pretty good story. Eight out of ten. Mm. And that wraps up Facebook. Did you have anything over on the Geeks handbag page? No, I didn't have anything this week. Nothing on Geeks this week about this one. Uh, it could be because it's in the box set. Like you said, maybe there are a few people out there that haven't seen it. Um, although our scores aren't that high, I think you'd agree with me that it is one to watch. I think it is an interesting story. So even though we haven't gone into the eights or nines with it, um, if you haven't watched this story, it is, it is worth a watch, definitely. It's, it's got some really good stuff in there. It is worth a watch, especially mm. if you like your Doctor Who that has the timey wimey thing done going on. Quite well, <laughs> yeah. If you if you like the the time travel side of Doctor Who, mm. um, this is definitely one to watch. Absolutely. Maybe I should have gone with my gut feeling and just given it a seven. I'm not sure, but it, it it's definitely you know it's around that. I mean, if we take all the scores as as an average, it's probably a seven. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely one to watch, but possibly not people pick it up because it is part of that Black Guardian box set. Mm. However, it is quite cheap online. I remember when I picked it up, or even, you know, God, over a year ago, it was like, it wasn't even 15 quid. I'm sure it was a tenner and it hasn't moved in price. So you can still get it for a tenner, which is good value for three classic episodes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, it's it's well worth a watch. I still really enjoy it. I think perhaps you have to be in the mood for it, but it's a good it's a good one. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, buddy. Next week we're going back to modern who. What are we doing next week? Next week, Gary, don't finish eating your sandwich. Don't go to the loo and don't <laughs> blink because <laughs> we're reviewing Blink. Oh, fantastic! Blink, Tenth Doctor. Wow. Yes, we're back to the Tenth Doctor mm. um, era, and one that we used to get a lot of requests to do. Mm. I remember we went for a phase. This was quite a while ago with people saying, are you going to do blink? Are you going to do blink? Blah, blah, blah. So that's died off a bit, but yes, we are coming back to do blink. So that's coming up next, next week. Really look forward to your views on that one because it's one of those Dr. Light episodes. It is. Yeah. And it's also one that, you know, some people feel is underrated, overrated. Sorry. Some people think it's a classic. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to your guys, to you guys thoughts and reviews on that one. So mm. yes. And I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to wrap there for 98. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for episode 97. Uh, it's been... we got some really. Make sure you get online, actually, to vote for the TV Choice Awards. Mm. While I remember, because that closes today. I'm not sure what time it closes. I'm assuming it's later on this evening. Whatever time it might be. But make sure you get on there and get your vote in for Mr Capaldi. Yes. Because that would be a, a good little one to pick up, because the Best Actor Award is quite a good... Quite a good... And he's a good ambassador for the show as well. It would be a good thing. 
let's hope they show a good clip this time because what was it we were watching recently where he was up for an award and it was like for best actor again I think and they played some absolutely dreadful clip that he was hardly in I was thinking because we were saying why didn't they show like one of the Zygon speech or something good and they showed something really rubbish didn't they that's right yeah we, we were, were all, like who picks that clip yeah we were all hoping that they was they were going to pick that speech that he did in the was it the yeah. Zygon inversion that's it to showcase his brilliance and they go and show something that he's hardly in yeah it was some random was. clip yeah probably with Clara yeah yeah it was yeah yeah so <laughs> make sure you get online and get your vote in Abs- absolutely absolutely um, yeah give us your views and thoughts on what the the Titan range. Did you say that the one that we didn't really look upon favourably is out later this year? Uh, the one we th- weren't that impressed with is out in August. In August, that's right. Yeah. So it's I assume we- I don't know. Are we going to get any blind bag unopenings on the Geeks handbag? Oh, I'll still page? get some just so we can. Yeah, I'll still get a couple. Ah, okay. um, but yeah, I think it's the end of August, so you won't be getting that for a while. No. Uh, next video that's up is the Phantom event which oh, is cool. all done edited ready to go uh, i'm not sure when i publish it either this friday or next week but um that'll be the next one yep. which is good you'll get to see bonnie and you'll get to see how happy ad was the other <laughs> adam i mean not me the other uh, adam the ultimate was so happy yep. to meet bonnie and you'll get to see that because i filmed it all good stuff so, yeah and also congrats again to david tennant and the mothball for their <laughs> doctorates yeah which is good Right, anyway, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Listen to all of the previous shows, and there's plenty of buttons there to do stuff. So you can subscribe, you can go over to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff, give us a like and a follow. Is there a big red button? No, there isn't. It doesn't open any TARDIS doors. Big red button. A big toffee apple on a stick. (laughs) Uh, Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag, on YouTube and Facebook. Loads of cool videos there. Um, and the next one the phantom event yes good stuff right until next week my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember Elante Elante